Welcome to the weekly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. Hello. And this week on the weekly, Starfinder Second Edition Playtest. Uh, free League, uh, their slate for 2024. And Free RPG Day of 2024 gets a date. Uh, too many skirmish games. So we have news of three new releases for licensed IP skirmish games. How many more can you possibly play? And on a sad note, Dragonlance, the live action series, has been canceled. Mm. So poor Joe. Somebody send him a kind word. <laughs> All right. So let's start with uh, let's start. Oh, actually, uh, this is something I missed last week. Let's let's before we get started. A comment. There was a comment on one of the uh, the videos that uh, I, I should address and have completely avoided. So Frankie, oh. the sh <laughs> oh yeah. Frankie the Shipwright <laughs> says, uh, I have a question. Are you going to cover the lore of the other megacorps in uh, Mutant Chronicles like you did for Capital? So we did like a, a megacorp focus. And uh, because in in the, uh, the lore videos that we did, we talked about uh, the cartel and we talked about uh, Cybertronic, but the, the four major, the four original uh mega corporations have a lot of, you know, details that it's interesting about their history and structure and everything. And uh, so I did one for capital and then Modifius gave up the, the license. So they'd stop supporting three E. So they basically killed the three E role-playing game, which is what we were supporting with those videos. And then Warzone eternal was happening and not happening and not happening again. And uh, so that kind of like stalled, uh, content for uh, for uh, you know Warzone Mutant Chronicles, but we do intend. I, I think uh, we need to kind of refocus, take a look at what they're going to do with this Warzone Eternal lore. You know, see if they've moved things ahead or they've kind of stepped back or what what they want to do with that, and uh, then try to figure out how to make the videos useful for the people that are playing the games now. Because unless you're going to play a dead game, unless you're going to play Third Edition or you know one of the earlier editions of the Mutant Chronicles role playing game, the uh, the lore is not, you know, it, it's made for that modifius third edition. So we'll probably do a, an, a like a uh, rollback edition of the uh, the main video and take out some of the uh, the strange uh, things that uh, modifius added, like uh, white star and stuff, and uh, get people kind of like able to use that for you know the older part of the setting or older you know versions of the setting. But uh, yes, we do intend to make more videos. I just haven't found. A good way to focus it in like what what they would be useful for because i like to do videos like kind of with the audience in mind so we can you know make it more focused so uh yes we do intend so three more <laughs> and probably mishima is next i think uh the uh uh yeah that might be the more more interesting and one that people don't know so much about uh that are like, you know, more current fans. But yeah, I'm curious to see. I really want to see the book, what the fluff looks like in the book for Warzone Eternal. Mm. I'm a little worried. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. But they are playing in an earlier part. Of the um, Warzone setting is a little bit before uh, what the role-playing game got to. So we'll see. So thank you for the question. And yes, we do plan more lore content. It's just that with uh, kind of what the... Uh, the IP is doing at the moment, it's hard to judge how that would be useful, but it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a great setting and it was fun to read those books. Those books got me so uh, interested in running an older version, like a basic role play version or something of, uh, of uh, Mutant Chronicles to, uh, to get that feel, you know, of those books, that, that old crunchy, crusty feel <laughs> of, uh, of Corp versus Corp, but uh, we'll see. You tricked me. Uh-oh. When you set that up, I thought this was going to be like some crazy YouTube flame oh, comment yeah. or something. <laughs> no, but, no. but it was actually uh, it was actually a positive kind yes. of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was just something I felt bad. Uh, some people have, have added uh, you know, comments like that. Are you going to do more? going to do more? It's like, uh, yeah, I, I, um, we will. Definitely. Because they're, <laughs> they're, they're really fun to do. And uh, I think it's a it, there's not anybody really thoroughly covering 
that background. It's just that there isn't, I mean, once there is the, the new RPG for the Luna City, kind of Luna City blues. So you have an investigation with detectives on Luna. That would be cool. So then uh, it might be fun to address, like do a whole video series on, on Luna and how it's organized, how messed up that is. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see where it goes, but you definitely want to finish the uh, the other three corpses. So thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. Now back to our regularly scheduled program, Starfinder Second Edition Playtest. So the the release the there's three. I think there's three uh, PDFs right now, and uh, the first one came out I believe in uh, December, maybe November or December of last year. So it's an ongoing. The playtest is ongoing, and uh, so Pathfinder has. Uh, uh, sorry, Paizo has uh, posted uh, an update on this, and they're saying uh, these are the they've uploaded. Sorry, they've uploaded the first products for the upcoming Starfinder Second Edition playtest. So I guess maybe people that registered or those those were things that were it, it began uh, end of last year, but we're looking at a release uh, a release for 2025 of the Second Edition of Starfinder, and basically what they're going to do is kind of bring it in line with the changes that they made for Pathfinder. And make it like kind of almost a the rule set is cross compatible. So the Starfinder playtest rulebook will be 264 pages, uh, a soft cover playtest book. So in the past, and especially when they did Pathfinder Second Edition, they did a soft cover book, a free PDF, and then they did like a deluxe hardcover, and then a faux leather. They they went crazy with this because uh, it was their first like step of you know, into doing their own. It wasn't 3.5 anymore. It was their own system. So there were all these crazy books of these like playtest unfinished rules <laughs> that you could buy and they got pretty pricey. But they said this time, one book, the softcover release is the only physical book they're going to do. And of course the PDF is available for free. The PDF products for the playtest are available for free. Nice. But this book will require the use of both the Pathfinder play uh, player core and the GM core books because that's the rule set. So they're not going to repeat rules that you can easily access from those books. So the me- mechanics and the rules aren't going to be included in the play test, just the Starfinder specific stuff. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's the that's the big change, and uh, hopefully that's not going to shake. Hopefully there are people that uh, they either play both or they have both books or they wanted to check out second edition because uh, for Pathfinder, because uh, that might be a little, a little uh, daunting or frustrating if you want to see what this is, what's going on, but they do assure you that all relevant rules will be reprinted in the full release in uh, uh, coming next year. So in the uh, playtest rulebook, you'll find the six classes, Envoy, Mystic, Operative, Solarian, Soldier, and uh, Witch Warper. And, uh, the new ancestries, new feats, new spells, and new equipment system. And they will be splitting this content, of course, in the full release between the the player-facing and the GM-facing books, just like they did with uh, Pathfinder. And uh, again, they reiterated, no special editions, no hardback editions for these playtest rules. (laughs) Because (laughs) because uh, they got a little carried away. Uh, and, and PDF is free. So the two adventures that are being released, uh, the first one for your kind of level uh, level one characters is A Cosmic Birthday. So this is written by uh, uh, Paizo's senior developer, Jenny uh, Jarzabski. Jarzabski. And uh, it's going to be set on Absalom Station for your first level players and will include the event of the hatching of the planet of Octurn and the emergence of a new deity into the Starfinder core pantheon. That's a pretty big event for <laughs> a playtest, <laughs> but they're going all out. Yeah. Wow. And then they'll also release uh, uh, the flip mats, the kind of you know battle mats that they do, that they use uh, for this. Uh, I think digitally you'll be able to get those. And then the second uh, playtest adventure is Empires Devoured, and this will be a 10th level adventure. So I guess you're going to yeah, be able to level, hopefully level pretty fast from that first adventure. And uh, this will take place on the distant world of Kataria where there's a historic peace uh, peace accord being signed between two galactic superpowers. So no small events <laughs> in Starfinder in this playtest. Yeah. 
Nice. And they, they assure you that there won't be any slogging through wave-based encounters to like stress test their combat system. They want to focus on narrative, uh, narratives and encounters that showcase the new uh, evocative kind of storytelling that the second edition will be able to do. All new art and uh, major setting events uh, will be updated. And uh, and this all of this stuff will remain relevant long after the playtest is over. So the actually this hatching of Octurn is going to be a major event in the second edition, and uh, you can play through it. Uh, and, and I guess watch all the people that live on that planet die <laughs> when a <laughs> when a god bursts out of the planet they're living on. And uh, but I thought that was fun. I mean, it's like it's very I don't know. It feels a little like Marvel esque or something like you know like a comic book kind of thing where they're like be here for this event. It's a world changing thing and. Here Here's a free way for you to play it with our new uh, our new system. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the second adventure was written by uh, Thurston Hillman, who was also the uh, the author of this update. He's the managing uh, creative director for Starfinder, and said, "Don't worry, Technomancer and Mechanic are still uh, still planned as character classes. They just aren't going to be included in the playtest." Hmm. So Matt, do you have any interest in playtesting some Pathfinder? I do. Um, I've never played Pathfinder or, or Starfinder. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I've played three and three point five back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see how they're, you know, sort of extricating themselves from that system. Mm-hmm. Um, but like w- the adventures you just described, mm-hmm. uh, it it sounds a little more fantastical than i thought it was mm. gonna be mm-hmm. like <laughs> like i was thinking more like star frontiers traveler kind of thing but it feels like it might be a little more um what's the dnd space game i forgot already <laughs> oh um yes spelljammer spelljammer yes, yeah. yes yes right right yeah so uh like the fact that there's gods are kind of like what <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah, that was the thing. I, yeah, there, there were no. I noticed in the classes that nothing sounded like it would be a class for like operating a starship either. Ah, so, right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's nothing specifically pilot. I think there are like piloty abilities, and the uh, if I remember right, the Solarian is kind of the Jedi class. They are like a. They have their light swords of light. They're like these knights of of light and <laughs> solar power. Yes. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, start, so Starfinder. Yeah, we we uh, played a little bit um, of the basic setting, and then did uh, Grimmer Space, like a third party setting that was really like a horror, like a, a space horror version of that, which was pretty gruesome and fun. Uh, so yeah, it might be interesting to try. And it's it's funny that they're for a first that that fe- also feels a little bit Dungeon Crawl Classics, where uh, a funnel has this like epic you know birth of a demon god or something, and it's yeah. like <laughs> you're just a level one character, and you're like, okay, what do we do? So uh, yeah, that's a that was a, a, a it's a fun idea. So they're definitely trying to get. Uh, get some interest in there. And I think it is because um, from what I remember, the different settings, you know, like, you know, alien invasions and things, there were some pretty massive things happening in the Starfinder adventures. Uh, so it was uh, uh, not, not, not small. Yeah. It definitely felt uh, more epic, but so uh, do they, do they design their adventures to sort of like progress their lore along a timeline? Kind of I'm not. Yeah. This is the first uh, I'm not, so familiar with the the setting, the uh, the game master uh, Jackson knows both the Pathfinder and the uh, Starfinder setting uh, really deeply, so he had a better sense of that. But I, I'm not sure. I think it does sound like it though, because they're you know they do the adventure path thing where it's like a long, it's like a campaign with many many uh, adventures in it, and uh, it 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 sounds like yeah that uh, if that wasn't their approach before, that that's what they're kind of doing now is moving things mm-hmm. forward. But uh, what I remember, the, the sense I initially got was that they wanted to leave a lot of things undiscovered in the uh, Starfinder setting and kind of have you follow, you know, because they, they still have the uh, uh, society, you know, like Pathfinder Society. There's a Starfinder mm-hmm. Society, and they're, they're trying to get you to, uh, you know, uh, discover the history and, uh, and, and reveal mysteries and things of the, uh, of the setting. 
So yeah, we'll see. That was the thing that was that was the least compelling thing for me. I think it's the thing that they they want to get people into because that's their regular releases and their kind of you know special content. And the reason you go to your local game store is to play yeah. the uh, the society releases. But that was the least compelling thing for me. It's like I don't want to join a club <laughs> that yeah. would have someone like me for a member. <laughs> yeah, same. Like I, I don't like that sort of comic book way to sell product you know like you gotta get them all man you gotta progress the story and yeah get all the all the related material and i'm just like no just make a good adventure and mm-hmm. if i like it i'll run it yeah you know? right right yeah that kind of like you know peer pressure to participate in something and yeah yeah the, so the yeah society organized play is uh is a thing that uh, it's that's not very inspiring, but I think it's a thing that kind of you know generates loyalty and stuff. So they're not going to stop that anytime soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'm curious, and uh, maybe if we get a hold of uh, uh, Jackson, we can. Uh, I- I'm sure though. Ja- I think Jackson favors Roll Twenty, so we'll all have to log into Roll Twenty. <laughs> Why not? We already used. We've done. We're on what, like our fourth one right now? Are you calling us VTT whores? Is that where you're calling yeah. us? <laughs> I, I'm calling us pan VTT. Yeah, that's right. We are very pan, pan uh, virtual tabletop. That's true. We we're, we just can't be locked down. We're fluid in our taste. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, some fun news and some things we already know about. Uh, so moving to another publisher free league so free league unveils their two uh 2024 games slate so their releases for the uh, entirety of this year and we've already seen some of those releases we're already playing one of those releases so they are going to be releasing two new games and 11 expansions this year two new games yes so the two new games are the uh the, and they crowdfunded this as well the tabletop uh skirmish game which we'll be talking about more of those later uh mutant year zero zone wars is uh mm-hmm. going to be released quarter two of this year and the electric state role-playing game so based on uh, yet another book similar to tales from the loop based on a uh it's more of a road uh road trip kind of story like traveling across the the what post something America with a lot of uh, broken robots, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, Zone Wars and the Electric State are the two new games coming out, and I guess both of those were crowdfunded last year. So this is the retail release for those games. But here we go. Let's let's take a look at the rest of the things, and a few of these have already come out. Uh, so the Alien RPG got Building Better Worlds uh, last month, so that was January sixteenth. Mutant Year Zero at Astra. Uh, February 13th, so that's coming up just before Valentine's Day. Uh, and then the end of uh, February, the official release of the Bestiary for Dragonbane. So right oh, now that's yeah. that's pre-order, and they have that nice green uh, faux leather green with the gold super special edition. The uh, Blade Runner RPG Case File 2, Fiery Angels, is coming out this year officially. I pre-ordered it, so we'll see when that actually shows up. And uh, then there are two releases for the Ruins of Symborum, the uh, the World of Symborum, and the uh, part one of the Throne of Thorns. So this is the five E version of their um, their dark fantasy game. And then the One Ring is getting Moria through the doors of Dorin uh, for the one for the One Ring, uh, which they did crowdfund that as well. And then the Lord of the Rings role playing game the 5e is getting moria shadows of kazat doom which i think we're yeah at the same time they're in the part of the same campaign so this is stuff that they uh are just doing retail releases but uh yeah people it's on the way <laughs> it's in the mail as they say <laughs> for a lot of people uh towards the end of this year we're going to be getting the um, replicant rebellion for the blade runner rpg so a little bit more about um the Replicant Underground, and perhaps even more of the storyline, because we've already, Case File 2 establishes that it's a known thing that there are black market kind of bootleg replicants that are created by mm-hmm. someone using stolen technology. So those those things uh, exist. So this, this may give you more options for uh, how to play replicants and also how to uh, uh, deal with uh, the world that's coming, you know, the, uh, the uprising that's coming in... Uh, uh, by 2049. And then Death in Space is getting a uh, an expansion, the Dead Flags Contracts. And then also Cyborg. Cyborg is getting Waste 20X4. 
Uh, so a couple of uh, yeah, new scenarios, basically, for uh, Death in Space and uh, Cyborg. That's quite a bit. Uh, yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I heard any Forbidden Lands. You did not. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I know that the creator, uh, Eric Granstrom, is working on a big supplement for Alderland, which is mm. the the human civilization south of the Forbidden Lands. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's, that's probably going to get kickstarted or something right, at the right. end of the year or something. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe for next year. Yeah, because these are all just full retail releases, not <clears throat> crowdfunding campaigns or anything. So we may see, yeah, we may see some Forbidden Lands in crowdfunding or pre-order, but not yeah. for, not for full release yet. The yes. alien, that mm-hmm. alien supplement is getting all kinds of buzz on the oh yeah the group for that on Facebook. Yeah. Oh nice, yeah, I'd be curious to take a look at that. I didn't, I I I have I bought the PDF, but I didn't uh, download or I didn't. Uh, uh, read any of it, and I'm curious about building better worlds. The, the, so the Colonial Marines book, um, mm. I have the digital version of that, but I don't have uh, building better worlds. I didn't pre-order that, so uh, yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, colonies does sound like an, an interesting. Uh, that seems like I don't know. I don't know what a better. Uh, but colonies seem like there's a lot of campaign stuff that could go on in there because you can do po- you can do politics you can do survival you can do xenomorphs <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah there's a lot yeah it's, uh and i know i've said this a couple times but it is that question of the broader you make it the when is it not aliens anymore <laughs> right. it's just it's just a sci-fi game you know? right right <laughs> yes is uh, like is electric state in the same sort of world as Tales from the Loop, or is it a new thing from that artist? I think it's an yeah, I think it's a new setting for that artist, like similar to that other book, which I'm totally blanking on the title, which it had a kind of its own a narrative, its own story. So this, yeah, this is um, basically like a post-apocalyptic America, like a pre. Cap or I'm sorry, post capitalist, like collapse of capitalism in America, and just driving through a wasteland, or like you know, making your way through a wasteland that was the uh, <laughs> that was the American dream. So I'm curious, yeah, how that uh, if it's if it's survival, if it's mystery, you know, if you're like uncovering, because you know how um, Tales from the Loop and even Vesson and a lot they they their adventures are called mysteries. Like it's a specific thing, you know, that you ha- you you travel somewhere to solve. So I wonder if they'll use that same sort of system, where you're you, you know you're plotting a course, you get a big map, <laughs> and you're drawing this line, and your mysteries happen along the way. I don't know. Just play a bunch of seventies Bruce Banners solving problems, <laughs> right? And then you just walk away at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of yeah. every, every campaign, it's just like yeah, your thumbs out, and you just uh, <laughs> walking down the road. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I didn't follow the uh, the crowdfunding because it did feel like you know tales from the loop, but not you know things from the flood, but not kind of like yeah. So it was. Uh, uh, I couldn't get crazy excited about the crowdfunding, so we'll see. Because ne- I've never gotten Tales from the Loop to the table. Um, I like that mm-hmm. setting. I like those ideas, but I just have not been able to get anybody to play it. I bet I bet our online group would be down for that one. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're pretty adaptable to the non-standard stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should give that a shot. I would be curious, yeah, to see how that plays. All right. And we've got a date. A date for the free RPG day for 2024. So that date is June 22nd. So Gaming Days LLC announced that uh, yeah, June 22nd is going to be the event day. So head to your local friendly game shop and uh, there you'll find RPG adventures, previews, exclusives, and accessories uh, distributed by some of the bigger uh, publishers to just you know promote things that are going on upcoming stuff there you know lines of various accessories and games so uh, some of the publishers involved Renegade Game Studios come on uh, WizKids Artasarian uh, Cobalt Cobalt Press Lucky Duck Games Goodman Games Paizo 1985 Games Foam Brain Foam Brain Games Serious Dice and of course Evil Genius maybe they will release their uh, their 
copy paste version of Rebel Moon's <laughs> their their Rebel Moon RPG. We'll get a preview uh-huh. of that. <laughs> it's on Rebel Moon. Uh, but yeah, so they uh, they moved the the date later. Uh, and this is funny. Last year they moved it from the 17th to the 24th, so they're kind of staying around that June 20 something this year as well. But the reason they moved it is because they wanted to avoid the release day for the Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, the uh, Magic the Gathering set. (laughs) So they know exactly, you know, they would destroy the business of their those local game stores if they got in the way of a magic release. So that's pretty... Lord of the Rings cash grab. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, we won't won't mess with your day. We'll uh, we'll make it another day next weekend. So yeah, so head head down to your... um, Wherever you buy games, and don't buy them from Amazon uh, on uh, June twenty second, and see what's going on. All right, what's that? Have you I'm frozen? I'm frozen in the TV. Oh no! Okay, let's <laughs> let, let's try you again. Oh, let's see. <laughs> and a really weird expression. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just put the animation for your mouth later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your audio's still going. What happened here? Okay, so um, can you just turn your camera on and off? Maybe that's because I, I don't have control on this okay. end. Yeah, yeah. Maybe give that a shot. Thought I could. Hold on, I'll do it for. <laughs> um, Stand while by. We're talking. Yes. Oh. Oh no. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a is good. Is it working or no? No, I don't see. Oh, there we go. Okay, here we go. There's a little. There's a little circle. Is hey, it working now? yes, it is. You yeah. are back. Very good. Oh, I was just gonna say, my mm-hmm. local game store. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing the RPG day thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't like them that much anyway, but. <laughs> Either way, mm-hmm. uh, they want you to like do stuff. Oh, to, to get stuff, and uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Right, like, right. I don't really like sitting down and are playing RPGs with randos. Mm-hmm. I just don't. It's not a thing I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I understand some people go to conventions and live for that kind of thing, but it's not my thing, and so. I come to your store on free RPG days because I'm hoping to get some swag and maybe I'll buy something. Right. But not, but don't make me sit down and pretend I care about this thing you're doing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, that is. Um, and I guess I tr- just trying to stretch the, the stuff, you know, cause it's probably gone in the first couple of hours if they just put it on a table. But mm-hmm. at the, yeah, but at the same time, yeah, making you jump through hoops. A lot of conventions started doing that too. You know, like they they used to just like throw t-shirts at people, and now they're like, okay, now you have to play our scavenger hunt, and you have to go around with these clues. It's like, no, 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 I, I don't need a free t-shirt. You know, this this promotion quality t-shirt that badly <laughs> that yeah. I want to you know spend twenty minutes playing your weird little game. But yeah, a lot of. Uh, Conventions started doing that. And I think it is just to kind of like, uh, you know, bottleneck the flow of the the free stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I miss the days when swag was actually like just tossed to people. They were just like, you know, girls at the, in cosplay at booths just handing stuff out. Now it's, <laughs> now they're making you work for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder, I wonder that's a, uh, and because that, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't really connect you to anything. But I guess though, also, I think another factor is the um, you know the the rise of eBay and people just you know selling. You know, if they're going to get free stuff, then that's that's you know all profit. You know, if they can just grab a bunch of free supplements, it's all profit for people that don't have access to stuff, so they can throw that on auction sites and things and yeah, make a few bucks. So that kind of stuff is always uh, you always have to yeah watch out for that. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> Orca says, don't be that guy showing up for the free Goodman Games adventure. <laughs> I'm not that guy. 
<laughs> I'll at least buy some dice or something. Right, right. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, free comic book day was kind of, you know, that thing they, they published like specifically, you know, like, you know, issue zero or something of a series to give you a little taste of something. And they would just, you know, the, the shops would just put those on a table and they would just, you know, be gone mm -hmm. by the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I guess the, uh, when it's, I guess the shops feel like, yeah, I, we're just going to hand out dice and stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they want you to yeah. something it's yeah. a loss leader it's yeah. drawing people into your store yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly it's that uh that black friday super sale right right yeah. so yeah so so if you have a game shop that you have a good relationship with and doesn't play mess around with you and make you do silly <laughs> things do the hokey pokey to get a uh a free adventure um yes june 22nd okay saturday Oh, yes, yes. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. And so we have an issue now, a thing we need to address. Uh -oh. So there is a, what is it, a glut when there's too much of something? There's a, a tremendous amount <laughs> of licensed IP skirmish games hitting the market. So we already have the kind of ones that are getting the most, uh, maybe the most new players are Marvel Crisis Protocol. Good things are said about that game system, but it is, you know, Marvel, but it's the old kind of comic book, you know, comic book designs of the characters. So there's not so much of the, you know, MCU looking stuff. And also Star Wars Shatterpoint. So those are two big IP games that are getting a lot of um, a lot of attention in the skirmish world and kind of, you know, taking a bite out of, um, you know, better games. <laughs> like no one's, <laughs> no, no one's trying Frostgrave, no one's trying Frostgrave or Stargrave if they're already deeply invested in Shatterpoint. And that's, uh, that's a bad thing. And also this is, um, you know, the, these games, especially the licensed IP games, are following more of a games workshop model where they're releasing the the plastic is very overpriced. You have to buy the plastic to get the cards, and the cards have the stats, and then you have the official terrain and stuff that they are releasing, which is insanely overpriced. Mm. Um, and so that's what they're really following this like, how much can we actually sell plastic for? Uh, and especially if it has a uh, a licensed IP. So two companies that are involved in this and releasing games based on the same property, but in a slightly different way, are mm -hmm. cool, cool Mini or Not, surprise, surprise, and Night Models. And so they're both releasing skirmish games based on Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. The only difference is one has a book license and one has a HBO TV license. <laughs> so... I don't know what that means, but uh, so A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game uh, is going to be, or I guess it's, it's called, I'm sorry, A Song of Ice and Fire Tactics is going to be the cool mini or not uh, version. This is based on the books. This is the book license. And they already do a mass battle game, uh, Command does, uh, called uh, the table, yeah, Tabletop Miniatures Game, Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, mm -hmm. So this will be a, a skirmish version of that. And there's they even say that players will be able to integrate their existing uh, miniatures games into this new game. So the miniatures that were made, and especially the named characters and things, I think will have rules in this skirmish game. So that's, yeah, okay, that makes sense. There's a little bit of synergy there. But I, I'm guessing you haven't seen the promotion for the, they're crowdfunding this, and you, I, I guess you haven't seen the crowdfunding promotion for this. They're releasing a miniature <laughs> for this game, and uh, mm. it's kind of, it's not quite a miniature. They're calling it more of a playable diorama. This miniature will weigh approximately 10 kilos, <laughs> 10, kilo what? 10 kilograms. And it's a giant 3D version of uh, Drogon. <laughs> Drogon kind of wrapped around a tower. <laughs> it's this insane giant piece of plastic. Maybe Cthulhu Wars or something taught that I think did. Did, no, they didn't do the Cthulhu Wars. They, I think, Command did a, a Cthulhu game with a giant Cthulhu miniature, like a you know a foot tall uh, miniature. And so now they got the same idea to do this for their skirmish game, and it's insane. Like when they show this, you're like, what? What am I looking at? How is this part of a miniature game? It's huge. It's a huge <laughs> ten kilograms of plastic. So I guess it's solid. It's not even hollow, right? Wow. Yes. So, um, so you can use your miniatures from their, their previous game. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be, uh, because you're playing on, uh, kind of cardboard tiles and, uh, it's going to be a little bit more board gamey, 
than a, a classic kind of skirmish, you know, measuring, you know, free movement, measuring miniatures game. So, uh, and, and maybe that's a little bit more, you know, also compatible with uh, the, the rank and uh, flank game that they did for uh, in, in the first place. But uh, yeah, so that's coming out. And when I saw that, I, I couldn't believe, I mean, just... Just shipping that to Japan is going to be a ridiculous waste of time. <laughs> so I don't know what uh, uh, I, I don't know if uh, ordering something like that would even make any sense. And where where do you like? The, I, I can just even imagine the the little vacuum form tray that that thing sits in inside of another box. And yeah, it's it's insane that they d- keep doing these things. But night models, yeah. oh yeah. Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. So so night models is the other version. So night models is doing their Game of Thrones uh, game. So they're just doing the Game of Thrones miniatures game, and it's a traditional skirmish war game. There aren't any, uh, or maybe there are some details. No, yeah, that's right. We don't have any details yet on the system on how this will play. But if it's similar to their previous games, they've they've also done licensed IP games before. Uh, so they uh, were responsible for a Batman miniatures game, and uh, they previewed their House of Stark, House of, uh, House, of, House Stark, House Lannister uh, miniatures, and they are just you know uncanny likenesses of the actors <laughs> from the HBO series. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess if you want to remember that series for whatever reason. So this was announced uh, January thirtieth, and they said that it will be available in a few days. So soon, this uh, should be. Uh, coming out and should be available. And uh, yeah, so it's just going to be probably a traditional skirmish game, not a grid or not, you know, board game elements. You'll need terrain and you'll need a battle mat and stuff and a, you know, probably four by four uh, table. But uh, yeah, but no uh, information. You'll have to wait for the release of the game to see actually how it plays. But uh, yeah, and the, and the people, the Command project they're comparing because it's more board gamey, uh, similar to the D and D release, that onslaught game that they did. They're kind of like combat miniatures game, so similar in play. So and Command is also so for their um, uh, from their live stream, which was just a few days ago, they uh, are saying that the, this game, the skirmish game, allows them to play in different periods throughout the Westerosi history. So you can play in different kind of Parts of it to play, you know, times where Eddard Stark is, you know, still alive <laughs> in those kind of times. And uh, the starter box will be the Battle of the Trident and will be uh, Robert Baratheon versus Rhaegar Targaryen. So, yeah, they're going to jump back, like, even before the um, the TV show hmm. when that takes place for Come On. So that's a little bit of a, a motivation. And they, they do kind of a generic sculpts. They do, like, you know, things that represent the characters, you know, depiction from the books like they did with their, their mass battle game. And Come On will use a motivation mechanic. Uh, which will mean that your the the champion or the kind of the name characters will have special scoring additions and special uh, drives that will be unique to that that leader or that character. And I guess they're calling those champions in the game. So yeah, so make some space on your shelf, Matt, for a gigantic uh, Drogon miniature. <laughs> you know, I look forward to you or Miguel telling me how much it costs you to get that ship <laughs> to Japan. Yeah. I can't. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's it's I, silly. I completely agree with the premise of the segment. There are too many skirmish games. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> what's funny too is like well, a couple things. One, how did two <laughs> Game of Thrones skirmish games get licensed from separate companies? Mm. Like does that mean that um Commons is maybe being classified more as a board game and Maybe, yeah. That's how they're doing it. I, the other thing with that, too, is I think people overestimate the legs of Game of Thrones games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because a lot of them have come and gone already. And, you know, Fantasy Flight had a oh yeah a, a Game of Thrones war game, miniature war game, and it just disappeared. Mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but that's a whole other topic, like the overratedness of Game of Thrones. But anyway, <laughs> um, was also funny to me is like Shatterpoint. Correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. those are like forty millimeter miniatures. Yeah, they're, they're bigger. They're, they're a larger scale, definitely. And I, th- I think the mutant ones are too. Oh yeah, uh, uh, mutant year zero ones. Mm-hmm. 
which is funny because then you're not going to be able to use them for mm-hmm. uh, fro- uh, Frostgrave or Stargrave mm-hmm, or anything, mm-hmm. anything like that. Any of the more open format, like yeah. play with what you want. They're just not going to look right with your other miniatures in those games. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I, I've, yeah. What if that was a conscious choice because there are so many miniatures agnostic games, but they're all 28 millimeter. So yeah, if you make them a different scale, then it, that kind of screws it up. So they'll play your game and they'll also buy your terrain. Like I think, you know, Marvel, the, the Marvel game, the Star Wars game, and uh, probably one of the other games we're going to talk about will sell their own terrain. So they'll want you to buy that. Yeah, it all feels very like they're trying to sell the stuff more like uh, toys and, mm-hmm. you know get the toy people and the collector people more than the gamers. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like these are recognizable characters. And if, even if you're not going to play the game very much, wouldn't it be cool to have a miniature of, you know, Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Right. Right. I think that's true. Oh, wait, but we're not done yet. There is also, (laughs) there is also another skirmish game coming out, which I thought they're already, I thought they've done this a couple times, but there's a new one coming out fallout. So Modifius is doing a Fallout uh, miniature skirmish game. So it's Fallout Factions Nuka World. And uh, there's already a quick start for this uh, to take a look at. And uh, this was announced back in 2022, so um, two two years ago. And it's going to be a small-scale skirmish game that will pit basically gangs of these, you know, factions from the fallout world in the remains of nuka world so a theme park introduced during fallout 4's dlc <laughs> so they're specific they're basically in a very specific area so um yeah so this is going to be well the, the thing that probably will get the attention from this is the designer of this game is a uh, uh experience or kind of a popular designer from games workshop so he was involved in uh, in Necromunda, the kind of maybe the new incarnation of Necromunda, because it sounds like he's a younger guy. So James M. Hewlett um, is uh, yeah, ex GW staff, and he's worked on a lot of uh, a lot of popular stuff for them. And so people have a lot of uh, excitement about what this is going to be like. Um, it's going to be a D10 system, and they said uh, with a streamlined resolution system. And uh, you'll be able to, you know, build your crew and select ploys to use against your foes in kind of a player versus player. And I'm sure each of the factions will, you know, play a little different. Will have uh, abilities that the other ones don't. But hmm. yeah, so again, more. So there was already a Walking Dead game yeah. from I think Mantic did that like a skirmish type game. Mm-hmm. It says yeah, they're just everything. And there's been Cyberpunk. Uh, that Cyberpunk Red got its own skirmish game. I mean, they just they cannot stop <laughs> with a recognizable. Case. I guess because producing that many miniatures is not insane. It's not like too difficult, and especially if you're going to do things like factions where you can just keep adding them. And if yeah. the game totally flops, you can just kind of stop. You know, stop yeah. expanding it. The one thing I would say for the Fallout and for the Mutant Year Zero is at least. Those are dovetail in with a role playing game from mm-hmm. the same com- company, you right? Know? Mm-hmm. So there's a synergy there. There's like a uh, an extra bonus to buy those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike you know, I mean, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but is Game of Thrones RPG is not technically still in print, right? I don't think like, so. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody's yeah. refreshed that at all. Yeah, and who knows what's going on with Star Wars these days? I don't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. They they reprinted those old books, those Fantasy Flight books, but that's it. <laughs> and you just did an unboxing for with Gangs of Rome, mm-hmm. which is a skirmish game, correct? Yeah. yeah, that's a skirmish game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your overall impression of that one? Oh, I, I liked it. I like the the miniatures are great, and um, I haven't gotten through the whole rule book yet to see like how your your characters like can jump in and like um, I think the mob basically can spawn. Uh, your gang members and uh, it looks like the um the rules for elevation and stuff are really critical like there's a, a whole a whole set and there's even like a special expansion if you really want to get into like fighting in a like kind of a construction site like how scaffolding and elevation uh can affect the um the gameplay and the objectives and stuff but yeah i i like that a lot and i think they did a really uh a really good job of um 
setting it so you're basically playing an ambitious, you know, either merchant or a senator that's trying to amass power in, you know, the the early days of uh, Rome, and you're using gangs uh, to take over territory, you know, you're just like paying off groups of people. So you're playing a character. There's a, like an interesting role play element. You're not just this, you know, God controlling, you're not the leader of the gang. You're actually the patron of this gang, or you're the, uh, you're the person, you know, vying for uh, more influence and uh, resources in Rome. So I like that element of it too. It made the, uh, uh, it made the gameplay have a, a lot more kind of narrative feel to it. So it does have kind of ongoing campaigns mm-hmm. on the side to it. Yes, yes. Yeah, How you, many people do you think will it accommodate more than two mm-hmm. people? Or? Yeah, um, I think there were rules. I, I think it goes like uh, because they, they have some kind of, uh, you know, campaign or kind of like more tournament structure things where you're, you're taking, I think it goes up to six. I think you can play mm-hmm. up to six. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're, so it won't be six all at the same time, but six people can be involved in a campaign all vying for. So you're going to kind of be, depending on where your territories like kind of, you know, meet against each other, then you'll be, uh, go, you know, facing off against each other to either win or lose ground. So, nice. uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really, uh, really well done. And it's, it's metal miniatures. It's nicely. I mean, the only frustrating part with that, it's, it's metal miniatures with MDF bases. So dealing with that puddle base, everyone is going to be like standing on a little mountain if you use sand, but what they suggest or, and what they show you is doing a kind of a cobblestone texture with like green mm-hmm. stuff and things like that. So that'll kind of eliminate that uh, that lump because uh, you can incorporate that into the uh, the cobblestone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and they do um, uh, the uh, footsore miniatures does a whole range of historical miniatures, and uh, so but this is their their uh, game system, like the the new version of their uh, uh, Rome you know Roman gang skirmish game. That's cool. Yeah. So. We don't need another one of these. I can't believe they keep uh, producing them. And th- this is, I guess, because Modifius does a Fallout RPG. I think they've done, uh, I know there's Fallout board games, but I don't think Modifius has done that. But I know, I'm not sure. I think there is a, uh, no, there is a skirmish game. There is a um, a skirmish game that's just basically, uh, it's got a lot of tokens, I remember. And that must be, uh, maybe that is Modifius. So there already is kind of a, a skirmish game that's more like the main setting where you're playing like a vault, you know, a vault dweller uh, kind of character interacting with the other uh, factions, but that's like basically anywhere in the world. And this is going to be gang wars in the dead amusement park. <laughs> so it's a little bit different flavor and it's, it looks like a different rule set as well. It's a, uh, it's a new rule set. So I don't know. So look forward to the launch in April of fallout factions, Nuka world, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So, so far they've, uh, they've showed off the, um, uh, disciples versus operators uh, pack. So they're, they're going to yeah do faction packs of uh, gang versus gang. So yeah, we'll see how that looks. I, the miniatures are very unusual. They're very there's a lot of like mutated like um, and, and I didn't play that DLC. So maybe that is part of the thing is there's a lot of crazy mutants from the wasteland that kind of you know mm. meet together. So the, the miniatures are, are a little bit more interesting than just your your regular ghouls and and. Uh, uh, armor, power armor, and stuff from you know, regular Fallout. So maybe they're trying for something a little more colorful, a little more over the top. Yeah, I'm sure they're hoping they're going to get a good bounce when the Amazon series hits. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's probably explains the timing. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what that's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh man, I do like Walter. What's his name? Walton Goggins. I like oh, that yeah. guy a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he could be a good ghoul. He could do he could do it. Yeah. I want to see him preaching. Uh, preaching is a ghoul. A white supremacist ghoul? Can he do that? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> a ghoul supremacist? <laughs> Who's really just a bank robber. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a ghoul supremacy. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us down. I'm gonna end on a really sad note. So everybody get your cards and letters ready. Joe Manganiello, Manganiello is uh, has lost his childhood dream of of playing a character in a Dragonlance live action adaptation. Aww. So it's official. Yeah, the Dragonlance live action project is not moving forward, and this is according to Joe himself. Uh, first, he posted on social media, and then ComicBook.com did an interview with him to c- get some of the details. 
And yes, so uh, the quote that uh, uh, they got from the uh, uh, from the producers is that Dragonlance is not a property. Wizards of the Coast are interested in developing further currently. <laughs> <laughs> One of those uh, <laughs> firm knows. And um, a couple of the factors that they, uh, I think that the Joe is kind of speculating, um, or no, no, I guess they cited. No, they, they actually uh, cited um but the issues of Hasbro's sale of the E1 studio and the poor performance of both the Dragonlance uh, adventure uh, setting and the board game in 2022 was a reason that they said, uh, yeah, maybe that's not going to be a that's not going to be a big thing. But w- what else do you have? I mean, Dragonlance is one of the more popular settings with identifiable characters. And it already has a story. And it's like, why would you not do that? Yeah, I, I. Well, I think they answered it. They don't have the facility mm, it's to no do it yeah. themselves. Like, I bet you, if Dragonlance was popular enough that some film company said we want to do this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then then Watsi Hasbro would be like, "Oh, okay, cool. Give us a barrel load of money, and you can go do it." But, right. They've completely destroyed their ability to do anything <laughs> like that. Right. Not that it would have been good if they did it anyway, but mm-hmm. it's just, I, I still think in the next year or so, there could be a sale mm. of Watsy. Not, not a D&D license, mm-hmm. but an actual, like, they go somewhere because all they're doing is shelving and canceling stuff and yeah. letting people people off Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is narrowing their influence on the market and eventually that's going to show up financially and then hasbro is going to notice and like yeah they're they're not building they're not growing they're not building for growth Mm -hmm. right they they've got their little gimmicks like the lord of the rings magic the gathering set (laughs) but but that's only gonna hold up for so long Mm -hmm. in, in my in my opinion yeah and it'll and it'll be like a, like a with streaming services they're going to release their their VTT their kind of you know walled garden digital experience of D and D and they're not going to have to tell anybody about what numbers they're doing so they can say yeah this is incredibly popular we have our own platform and wouldn't you like to buy that for just you know a few billion dollars well well it yeah, could be yeah. yours yeah they'll pull <laughs> Netflix and not tell anybody what their actual numbers are right yeah. so yeah and then. Is it just me? Okay, I'm a. I guess I'm a bad old gamer, but <laughs> Dragonlance never did it for me. Like I just never. Yeah, I think I missed the timing I, with I, it too. I, yeah, I'm just like, eh. I would look at like the was it mostly Elmore and Parkinson. I think we're doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, kind of looks cool, but also sometimes looks kind of dopey, <laughs> and, and and I just never did it for me. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I never. Uh, got through any of the books. Like I, I think I started the first one a few times. It's like, okay. Yeah. There's nothing that kind of locked me in, but Joe does say Tracy and Margaret were all about it because Joe had a script and he said, uh, uh, it was really me getting in there and fleshing out the world they built and a world they hinted at in some places, but didn't, uh, didn't shine the magnifying glass on. So, uh, Joe says what he had planned for season one was mind blowing. He just wanted to make Dragon Lance because he wanted to see it uh, and wanted to feel that excitement, uh, f- feel that exci- excited and electric about something. So he uh, had a thousand page lookbook put together, had a script written that he was showing to people, a bunch of design concepts, and was going to try to do like a, a fresh take on. Um, on the setting to kind of, you know, revitalize it. So maybe like you're saying that the look was kind of very s- standard. Hey, K5. Oh my gosh, K5. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's very standard um, uh, in their, uh, uh, in, in their depiction of it. So maybe he's trying to, to spice it up a little bit. Um, and he said, you know, there's 35 million copies of those books in circulation. How can, you know, there be no audience for this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yes. So, yeah. So, Joe said, I didn't write a terrible script. Calls were made to say that this was uh, what you should be making and uh, this is what you should be doing, but currently uh, to no avail. So, 
And, and like you just said too, uh, he offered Joe uh, himself offered to buy Dragonlance. I was talking mm. to people with money uh, just to get it and separate it, so we could get the option and take it out on the town. And uh, yeah, that that didn't happen. So uh, mm. yeah, those those all of those efforts reached a dead end. Uh, just couldn't get anybody. So he says maybe kind of in in, in closing, maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, somewhere down the line, uh, someone comes back or the company switches hands or somebody sees the value. So I think he's kind of putting the blame on Wizards of the Coast, just not just saying it's not profitable, we're not interested. And they're still going to, you know, if they still have the rights to Dragonlance and they're not going to fight with their uh, fight with the writers anymore, um, yeah. they will uh, still have this and maybe someone will uh, want to do something with it someday. But Joe is not getting any younger. So if you want to... Uh, Want to get him involved? I would uh, do it sooner rather than later. Old Joey Pittsburgh, like <laughs> when uh, my wife was a fiend for that True Blood uh, show back right. in the day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wasn't really feeling it, but yeah. she loved it, and uh, I don't think I was a target audience at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, but what has he actually done since? that oh <laughs> yeah he well he was in they listed a couple of his credits in the uh and in the interview yeah, yeah true blood was the the big thing that he got noticed for yeah. and he was also in um i'm blanking uh, but you know the thing that i really liked him in that i could tell that he got it he like it was a surprising actor to see in this project but he totally gets the humor so it made sense and he was you know playing a, a kind of a, a comedy role, but he was in that Pee-wee, that Netflix uh, Pee-wee Herman uh, project. Oh, I haven't watched that. And it, it's really funny because there's this weird, like, you know, sexual tension <laughs> between him and Pee-wee and he knows nice. how, he knows how to play it. Like Pee-wee is attracted, you know, like a kind of a little boy idolizing like a, a, one of the cool kids in high school or whatever. But there was this weird tension between him and Pee-wee and he played it perfectly. It was amazing. Like he got, Paul Rubin's sense of humor that they were trying to do that, that weird kind of, this is a kid, but this is, you know, very adult kind of, you know, winking at the audience, like how silly uh, the, the tone of this is. It's, you know, has a little bit, bit of a, like a burlesque tone or, you know, the, all the stuff that, uh, that Pee Wee did, but um, yeah, True Blood and something else. It's not, it's not coming to mind, but yeah, he's had a couple of decent sized projects, but now he's the famous, he's the uh, celebrity D and D player. But um, him, two people, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Two people from true blood did that him and Deborah Ann wool. Oh <laughs> yeah. Who, who I was on board for in that yeah. show, but we won't, we won't get into that. <laughs> they both tried to like tie themselves to, to Watsy and D and D media kind of stuff, mm, and mm-hmm. I think they both had kind of mediocre success. With that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Once True Blood got to those like Oz levels of full frontal male nudity, I was like, yeah, I think I'm not the demographic. I just don't think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this show is where I'm supposed to be right now. <laughs> but uh um yeah but the thing that's so ridiculous is and i guess this they're they're already seeing this as a mistake because you can't find these shows anywhere but they threw who knows how much money i would imagine you know it was over a million dollars at some of these uh fast channel little cute cooking shows and actual play shows they threw money at things that were just like that faster purple worm kill kill is just an infomercial for beetle and grim Basically, it's just like the founders of that company doing a, a quick little actual play, and the, their logo is everywhere. Every coffee mug that somebody has has Beetle and Grimm on it. There's like their merchandise on shelves behind them on the set. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they threw money at that, and they can't, you know, they can't at least license Dragonlance to uh, to Joe and his, uh, you know, his backers here. It's silly. Yeah. So I don't think they really know. I, and I guess after the sale of E1, yeah, they, they aren't really that interested in uh, in media. They're going to let other people do that, and they'll they'll collect their uh, their percent. It sounds like. But uh, yep, so no Dragonlance, a childhood mm-hmm. dream of Joe's is now over. Oh shucks! I'll just have to go back to being a rich guy that plays. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Those bring yeah, keep getting those royalty checks and uh, running or playing in that campaign. So 
so we ha- our last best hope is uh, what Henry Cavill is uh, doing the Warhammer 40k stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how he does with Amazon. At least Amazon has signed a contract, so they they may never produce anything, but they're going to develop the hell out of those ideas. I'm sure. Well, if we get the more of the the executives who were overseeing the boys, mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. the, less of the executives that were overseeing rings of power, it might work out. It <laughs> yes. might work out. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm really, I'm curious what they're going to do. And, and, you know, the, the level of, you know, CG and stuff, and even like, if they're going to do any real sets, it's going to be insane for anything 40k. Um, the production time is going to be considerable. It's going to be a few years, you know, so we're not going to see anything for a while. I would imagine, unless it's just going to be walk, you know, walk and talks in hallways with uh, inquisitors. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be able to uh, get anything done quickly. <laughs> the board meeting, the board meetings of the Inquisition. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> uh, trade negotiations. All right. Um, yes. So that will do it for uh, this week. So sorry to end it on such a down note, but uh, yeah, th- this just came out. Like it, this, just he just posted this like yesterday. So people have been uh, all all asking him about it. So no more Dragonlance. Hmm. Uh, so where can people find you? Oh, uh, I'm on Instagram and Threads. It's at Hargald, H A R G A L D. Right now talking a little role playing uh there's some major formula one drama so some of what i'm talking about is not game related (laughs) um it's funny when millionaires do stupid things but anyway um and um working on the layout for my freshly beta test adventure that a certain jeremy is doing artwork for me for yes yes yeah, so Excellent. I'm I'm hoping my my goal is to, in the next three to four months to have it actually something you can purchase nice. on, on RPG uh, drive through RPG and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm I, I'm probably going a little overboard. There's a lot more art in this, mm-hmm. and I've already been talking to the loot the body uh, guy mm-hmm. to do a theme song for it. Nice, <laughs> yeah, and he is. He's uh, quoted me a very reasonable price, uh-huh. so I think I'm going to do it. Wow! And I hope I, I hope I don't regret it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and we'll see. We'll see how it all turns out. How about you? <laughs> right. So, so I expect you to be pressing some vinyl and uh, source, yeah, sourcing right. com- some cassette tapes and everything. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm still doing uh, the Abuse Cartoons live stream. So uh, that's every. Wednesday night, uh, kind of North American time. And uh, so I draw uh, my the two uh, cartoons of the week for domestic abuse. And uh, it's a single panel gag cartoon, kind of magazine style. And so live stream the, the creation of that and eat some Japanese snacks and they just keep getting weirder. And uh, yeah, so that's abuse cartoons on uh, YouTube and Twitch and then on all social media. And if you want to read that cartoon, gocomics.com slash domestic abuse. And if you like what we're doing with the weekly, please consider becoming a weakling. So patreon.com slash upturn table. Uh, you can become a weakling and kind of let us know what you want to see more of on our weekly review of uh, different topics. Uh, are there too many skirmish games? <laughs> Should we be talking less about skirmish games and uh, what kind of things you'd like to see? And then of course, uh, upturntable.com is the website for everything and on all social media, upturn table. And uh, yeah, so we will, I'll be seeing uh, Matt very soon. So tomorrow we'll finish, well, possibly, possibly finish, or, or somebody's character may be finished in the, no. uh, the, the, next, the next session of, uh, of Blade Runner. So we're doing Case File 2, the Fiery Angels uh, case with, um, uh, with the same, same two characters plus one. So we added Terry. Terry's playing Bishop, another replicant. So, so Perez is outnumbered. Uh, Lousy with skin jobs. <laughs> yes. So we'll see how things go. And he has no idea how outnumbered he truly is because I keep finding out people are replicants that shouldn't be replicants. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So join us for the live stream of that. So it's it's just the raw audio from the live stream. So there's rules lookups and bathroom breaks and stuff. So we'll have a nice edited version with some nice graphics. But the um, 
uh, Foundry Tabletop is is okay as long as I don't have to roll all the dice this time. It uh, it should be fine. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a connection problem last time, so so the players were watching the live stream <laughs> to see what their characters were doing, just like uh, the just like the audience. Uh, Jeremy's just talking to himself. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Back and forth, I'm clicking dice, and oh, it's yeah, <laughs> opening character sheets. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so tune in for that, and uh, yeah, and there'll be more unboxings and things. I've got some um, some great stuff from Spellcrow, some more uh, Argatoria stuff to take a look at. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of everything. Another the expansion for Dark Tower. Uh, returns uh came out their little uh the extra extra colorful skulls and things for your tower so yeah some some fun stuff coming up so thanks everybody for joining us and uh, matt and i'll take a little break you can watch a little music video the new release uh so uh overwrite uh, overwrite the past by uh kokoronome and uh we'll be back in just a minute so see you soon bye goodbye <laughs>